Welcome back to DQP Does Drafty Quarters Podcast Network Movie Review Show, where we get blood dripped in our eye and we try to kill our daughter. With me this evening is my co-host, Russell. Hey. This is one of my favorite movies. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, And we also have special guest, Nathan. Hi, I'm Dave Chips. Nope. I'm not Dave. No, you're not. I'm Dave. No. <laughs> so that's fuck. I'm Nathan. Yeah. Okay. All Thank right. you. Fair enough. Um. So this week we are going over 28 days later in our string of zombie movies. Uh, the 28 days later came out in 2002. It was rated R, an hour and 53 minutes. Um, quick synopsis, some monkeys have an infection and some dipshits let them go, and it pretty much ends the UK. Yeah, stupid animal rights people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> let monkeys wear lipstick. Well, I mean, I don't, necessarily, things. I don't necessarily agree with that, but when the scientist is like, they're fucking infected, don't let them out! Yeah, I know. Like... Are you serious? Like, he's not just like he's not like fucking spraying fucking deodorant in their eyes and seeing if that like hurts them or some shit. He's they're infected with something. Don't let them out. Like I get the premise of it. It was a pandemic started, but with all good intentions. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anyway, uh, yeah. everybody fucking like becomes crazy rage like fast zombies, which is horrible. Horrible. Fast yeah. zombies are, oh my god, terrible. The worst. They're not zombies, though. Not. I mean, they sort of are. No. I mean, in all the literature about the movie, they call them zombies. They shouldn't be zombies, though. Yeah. They're not undead, I guess. They're well, just like, no, because, their brains I mean, are fried. Yeah. Well, no, they're just, they, they go to the most primal instinct yeah. of their, like, caveman brain. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, also, like, look at the term zombie and how it's used. Like, we yeah. use it a lot loosely. Or a lot more loosely than what we used to. So, like, it's not on. specifically the undead All risen. Right. Yeah, so yeah. You, I want you to define it for the show, for purposes of the show. Well, if you look at like twenty people on a train and they're all on their cell phone, no one's talking to each other. Like they would be referred to as, as zombies. zombies. Millennials, you know, someone. <laughs> well, someone some people will refer to millennials as zombies too. They're not wrong. Fuck those people. Um, We're millennials, dumbass. No, 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 no. I mean, I think I think it's good to lay down like. Is this classified as a zombie movie? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Should it be? I, I'm going to argue no. I, I also so. don't know. So, because, uh, for the same reason that Army of the Dead, I don't know, I consider, I wouldn't really consider a zombie movie, but the, the, the term of I what think, a zombie movie is has yeah, changed over the years. I think more what Nathan is asking is, would you consider these monsters to be zombies? Which I would say yes, because they are infected with a disease that causes them to lose their uh, their upper functions. You know, yeah, their their fine motor control, their uh, personality, you know, intelligence. They don't even speak. They, you know, they just like scream and grunt and shit. Yeah. So I would also consider these zombies for most of the same reasons that you said, but also like their primary goal is to like eat other people well yeah. no not really but well they sort like, of they do. They, they do they do they just don't show it a lot i think partially budget reasons 
Yes, this movie was made with an eight million dollar budget. Right. Yeah. Which I feel like most well of done it for yeah. an eight million dollar budget. Yeah. I just want to say that. most yeah. of it was spent on like flying an airplane and like having them empty some streets for a while. Well, I think yeah, it was you know also... what it wasn't spent on the cast because this is a movie that gave us Cillian Murphy. Like this is one of his early movies and one yeah. of Naomi Harris's early movies, and fantastic Eccleston. job. Eck, well, Eccleston was yeah, but I mean, like kind of, but yeah, yeah. but he wasn't huge yet. No, but he hadn't been the doctor yet. The dad. Uh, oh yeah, he was. He's done other he's things. He's in a lot yeah. of British stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it was. I think some of that budget was also spent on, uh, like, de-sizing, uh, Silly Murphy's penis. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. In case you didn't. Notice that, yeah, you get a nice glimpse of that. My There's... question is, how did he do that scene without getting an erection? Brendan because Gleason. I don't. He's think... got yes. all of these people just like staring at him naked. Is and... that Jackie Gleason's? I doubt Dad? it. Well, I mean, isn't he also British? Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason is the kid from Game of Thrones that plays King Joffrey. Oh, I thought. Okay, I didn't. I'm just. British, the same last name. Archie Bunker's name, like his real name. There's an older actor named. Yeah, I know who you're talking about because he was also in the Heat of the Night later on. All right, (laughs) hold on. Yeah, dang it. (laughs) Did anyone else's grandparents make them watch In the Heat of the Night? Yes. Oh, that's not his name at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What well, what is it? Carol Carol, Carol O'Connell. O'Connor. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, nobody made me watch Heat of the Night. Uh, I just watched it because it was amazing. No, it was good. Like a good Southern justice show. Mm-hmm. Like it was pretty good. Yeah, I watched the shit out of that show. You know what else I watched the shit out of? Twenty eight days, days later. later. Okay, there we go. So many motherfucking times. <laughs> there we go. We're back in. Just, uh, I think I've only seen it maybe four or five times, but I've oh, seen oh. it. I'm wrong. These are two different people. Jackie Gleason was in the Honeymooners. Yeah, yeah Honeymooners. What was that kid's name from? This doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm so sorry, Shane. <laughs> if you know the kid's name that played Joffrey, because we're not going to look it up on IMDb. Yeah, totally uh, not to looking it up right now. I mean, it's fine, no big deal. His last name's 100% Gleason. I just I saw it when I searched Gleason, but anyway. Um, maybe you guys were spelling it wrong? G-L-E-E-S-O-N? Yeah, I noticed that now. Oh, okay. Oh, if did I were you spell it, it like you were an American? Which is how? Flat. <laughs> My joke, not... <laughs> what? Anyway. 28 yeah. days later. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's yeah, what happens I, when you're I, not here, Dave. I, <laughs> Damn you! You keep us on track. <laughs> I feel like it it worked really well for as low the as the budget was. Um, there were a couple of parts that I noticed it was kind of like there was some weird things. Um, just like, and I don't know that it had anything to do with budget. It was probably just weird directorial things. Um, one of them was uh, zombies giving up. Uh, I didn't really think that I don't think that would be a thing. Uh, interesting uh, tidbit. 
Uh, so instead of so I had a bio thing prepared. Uh, it's gone. I don't know why. Uh, it's no longer my notes. But I have several things that I'll probably interject with instead of doing a bio. One of them being uh, they specifically cast all athletes and only athletes for the roles of the zombies. Uh-huh. So that because they wanted them to move like they were like athletic. So yeah. uh, they wanted them to look menacing and be uh, super imposing um, like athletes. Yeah, you see no fat ones running around like i could not be one of these zombies yeah i think those i'd be the first winded zombie ever those were the ones that got eaten (laughs) well there's a lot of meat on the bone um yeah i don't know i it's it's an interesting movie um it's kind of weird to me how like i know it's you know for the story and like just to show how fucking terrifying it would be if you like woke up in a city and there was no one there but i feel like he was walking through a lot of empty like completely fucking empty streets where there should have been like some cars and some dead bodies and shit like they had like the litter and stuff but that was it they were completely clean otherwise yeah um and then like they were driving down like the roads and stuff and there was absolutely nothing on 99% of them and but then they get into that tunnel and the tunnel's packed with random shit yeah uh so for the scenes on the motorway the production got permission to shoot on the M1 on a Sunday morning between 7am and 9am the police gradually slowed traffic in both directions Using 10 cameras, the filmmakers managed to capture a total of one minute of usable footage. Yeah. That's so. nuts. Well, I mean, but see, all those bodies were in the church. You ever notice that? So it's like the infected maybe, like, drug and filled that church with bodies and then, like, go into, like, a hibernation mode until he makes that noise. Yeah. And then, like, only, yeah. like, six of them stand up at that point, which is kind of weird. Yeah, well, I think some of them were, like, actually dead. Where, like, they had been eaten. Um, so, like, that scene in particular I thought was interesting because I think I think a lot of it has to do with the budget, right? Because, like, yeah. you know, you can be like, okay, we can only pay to have this place cleared for so long, so we can't, like, put a bunch of shit there. Yeah. You know, or we can't even afford to have the shit to put there, right? Um, and that's why they spent so much money on... Um, the tunnel scene because you can do that scene. It doesn't actually have to be that tunnel. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And like they can reuse pieces and stuff, and you won't tell because it's dark. Right. Yeah. Um, and the church scene. Similarly, it's not gonna cost as much to rent a building as it is to, you know, put all those extras or bodies or whatever they were you know, fake bodies, whatever, um, on the street and arrange them and take your shot. And then like, also like document where they are. And when we take a lunch break, you know, you still have to lay right here like this for, so we can redo this shot yeah, and so on and so forth. Like when they don't have that kind of time in those expensive places, they use more in other places, like in, in the, um, uh, truck stop and in the church and stuff like that. Yeah. Or at the, uh, which, the, uh, what the fuck's, 
what do they call it? The blockade. Yeah. Where there's tons of stuff laying around at this blockade, but that's because it's just a random road in the fucking forest. They, you know, in the woods, they can do whatever the fuck they want there. They don't have right. to be like, hey, we're going to fucking downtown London. We're going to fucking stop it for, you know, 17 hours so we can get these shots. And like, <laughs> okay, yeah. no. Yeah, but I I also think like the reason this movie is so good is because they had such a small budget because it's so thing I like about it the most is it's a very intimate yeah. film. Well, a lot of times it, it forces you to be creative and to work on your dialogue and stuff because those end up being the parts that you can do more with. Yeah. And and that's another so I'm a stickler for dialogue if you didn't listen to last week's episode. Uh but for any of the episodes? <laughs> This uh, I do really like the dialogue in this movie, and there's nothing necessarily profound about the dialogue. It's just it feels like these characters are real, yeah. and that's, no, that's yeah, like one of the hard parts of dialogue. I think that's something that, that we should like distinguish about this movie is that this isn't like a profound movie. No, it doesn't have like a lesson or anything. It doesn't yeah. seem like it, it's it's a normal movie that has a plot, and that's the part that matters. Yeah. Um it does it does talk a little bit about like some hopelessness and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's more in the in my opinion in the framing of the story of, you know, everyone's fucking gone or dead. Yeah. You know, and we're the only ones left that we can trust um as becomes apparent later in the movie because I never got through the the <laughs> the fucking breakdown of the movie um but they run into some soldiers and the i mean they're barely soldiers anymore they're just random dudes that are they're basically bandits like if you think if you've ever played like a a fantasy game or like watched a fantasy movie they're like the dudes that fucking come up on the wagon and they kill the dudes and try to rape the women and then kill everybody and eat all their food that's that's what these guys are you're dead on yeah but i mean there's that group in every zombie movie. oh yeah because that's now. how well yeah uh well i mean i feel like oh uh, well i don't know i don't know that that was a thing before because it definitely should be right one of the things that the movie is actually held for is uh instead of which, which is where i'm torn on whether or not it's actually a zombie movie because mm. the thing that is that this movie the reason it had such so much success and it's it's critically acclaimed is because it is one of the earlier or i think i think it's the first zombie movie that shows you the humans as the primary antagonist mm. and not the zombies so yeah. like whereas you get you know having one bad guy that's a piece of shit and not being a group player is different than what this movie did oh yeah so dawn of the dead Donna, the original dawn of the dead had that motorcycle gang but that's not the primary antagonist. In oh. Dawn of the Dead, their primary antagonists they are the zombies. The primary antagonist, though. In in my opinion, zombies are always the threat in every zombie movie. But in that particular one, they were fine in the mall and life was good until that motorcycle gang showed up and ran through the mall. In the in the two thousand four Dawn of the Dead, the zombies were the constant protagonist. I don't. Okay. But in the 1970s ones, you had that group of motorcycle gang. The zombies were just whatever. You could get by like them. It was not a big deal, but mm-hmm. it became the protagonist was that motorcycle gang yeah. that ruined their, like, the whole way. And then later on in Dawn, uh, Day of the Dead, you had a protagonist of, like, a couple people. Antagonist. Antagonist, whatever. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's fine. Thank you for the correction. 
So I, I don't I, remember the motorcycle gang being a primary component of Dawn of the Dead, but it's also been a while since I've watched the original. Maybe it's up for debate, but I don't that's know, how I viewed it. the movie. And I, I mean, I have watched it in the last six years. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've seen it. Um, I'm not trying to ruin your point. So, I just don't. I don't know. But I feel like that's a thing. I think that's like almost the difference between a zombie movie and a zombie apocalypse movie. Right. Right? Yeah. So like a zombie apocalypse movie has this extra thing where like it's been going on for a little while. You're basically positive that the world is over. It's not like the first night. Right. Where yeah. you're just like you like, uh, you know, like, you know, Shaun of the Dead. We had drinks with our friends yesterday. <laughs> Tomorrow, you know, or today, all of a sudden I'm killing my neighbor because he's trying to bite me. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. And like that doesn't happen in that movie because partially because of the movie itself, but also partially because it's like the first day after it happens. Right. Right. Um, where like this is 28 days later, people have gotten into like, well, nobody's coming to save us. We have to figure it out on our own. Or we are the guy, like in the case of these uh, these soldiers, they're the guys that are supposed to be saving everyone, but everybody's gone. Yeah. You know, and half their guys are gone. So, you know, uh, eventually people turn to some fucked up shit or can. Not, yeah. they don't always, you know, sometimes yeah, you're the person traveling the road, sometimes you're the one that's... Uh, right. That's the part of the storytelling that should be interesting, is yes. the decision and the choice, which right. is what The Walking Dead specifically does really well throughout the entire show. Yeah. Not so much everything else, mm, but yeah. that particular thing. But I'm glad you bring up Shaun of the Dead, because, like, that movie is a movie where the zombies are actually the antagonists. Yeah, they're the, they're the is... only thing that, like, is coming at... Well, I mean, like like you said, they, there's, like, an asshole in the group that's not a team player. Right. But they're not really the antagonists, it's the zombies. Where in this, it's like, the zombies are the force pushing them through the story, but the antagonists are the ones that they run into along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And there's... They dive into the survival and having to survive, but it's yes. not a survival movie even. Yeah. Like, it's still an intimate telling of just people and, yeah. like, their struggles. Like, and that that's, that's what I think makes this movie so good is... Because it's... If you look at it objectively, like, which is hard for me to do, but looking at it objectively, like, it, you wouldn't think watching this now this would be one of like the best horror movies ever made but like it is there's like, a lot of like art in it too yeah it's, like it's it, a it's an art house zombie movie yeah that's another thing too yeah. like there's some really odd shots of like reflections and stuff like that that scene where you were like i i can't remember if they did this on purpose because like you're you're looking at like a um like a, a sunset or a skyline uh silhouette or something yeah. and there's a a face up in one of the corners of the screen and you're like what the fuck and it sits on that for a second while like i don't remember if somebody's talking or if it's seriously just like a long establishing shot it's just i think it's just a long establishing shot um and then it it pans up after a second and you realize it's like a reflection on something that was in front of the characters 
and yeah. they're like sitting in the background, just like sitting there sleeping or whatever they were they were doing. I don't remember. Yeah, but, it's a really good shot. Yeah, it's a really good shot. And there's a lot of those kind of shots, especially in the beginning. There's a lot of these great shots of Cillian Murphy like walking through uh, London, just being like, "What? Hello?" He's just screaming "Hello" for like the first ten minutes of the movie. You know, trying to find people, and everything is completely abandoned. Um, and I don't know. It's <clears throat> there's there's just a lot of that in it. Uh, when they get out into the country, there's a lot of shots of the car driving. Yeah. Um, and, but they're like beautiful shots. It's not just yeah. like, yeah, okay, whatever. We get it. They're fucking driving and it takes a while to get there. So you're giving us some time to think about that. It's like, it's interesting. They're interesting shots. Yeah. You know, so uh, there's a lot of, well, there's a lot good to say about this movie um, in spite of its extremely low budget yeah um so i mean i would say that's what gives the movie that that's what makes the movie is the fact that it has like a low budget yeah well like i was saying earlier i mean it it, having that low budget forces you to be creative and sometimes people just are like well we couldn't do this so it's because of the low budget man but some people are like well we couldn't do this so we did this other thing and it came out awesome yeah, and they wouldn't have ever tried that if they didn't have uh, that low a budget, right? Yeah. So earlier I mentioned uh, eight million dollar budget. Uh, mm. That's estimated, but it was around eight million dollars. Um, world. So opening weekend, it made ten million dollars. So opening weekend already made its budget back. Yep. And then the worldwide gross was eighty five million dollars. Mm. So this movie made. Tons of money. Yeah, I mean proportionally, yes. Yeah, like not. I mean, it's ten not, times we're not budget. looking at like. Yeah, we're not talking about Avengers numbers, but it's also not that kind of movie. No. So and it's uh, it's just I. It's not even your standard horror movie, you know, because no. like. No, the, and there was way more. The the art to it. <laughs> there was a lot. I remember the movie being very heavily advertised. Yeah. Um. So it, it did, you know, it's one thing that's going to lead to commercial success. Um, but with with a small budget art, and I'm going to call it an art house film because it fucking is. Uh, it's just like, it, I'm so happy that this movie did well. I'm really yeah. happy it got a sequel too. And it even got a, uh, so this movie was an original screenplay mm. um, written by Alex Garland interesting thing that i discovered was alex garland wrote a book called the beach uh danny boyle made a movie out of the book the beach with leonardo dicaprio Mm. which is an okay movie it's not bad um and then that led them to To alex garland writing a screen an original screenplay and Danny Boyle directing the movie. Mm. So I thought that, that was interesting. And uh, they, they did 28 Weeks Later together. Uh, they also did... There's a comic book graphic novel called uh, 28 Days Later Aftermath, which takes place uh, immediately after the movie and before 28 Weeks Later. And then they've been talking... For, they've been talking about it for a while now, but it's been a revitalized conversation as of late 
about doing 28 months later. Hmm. It's much, much longer than 28 months by now. Yeah, it is. It's I thought it was 28 years. years, but it's not. It's 28 months. Hmm. I mean, I would be interested in watching that. I think I've only watched 28 weeks later once. And I didn't remember it being great. It, the problem is it follows this. Yeah. You know, and it's not the same thing at all. Like, it has a much larger budget. Um, yeah. Uh, it actually stars Jeremy Rayner. Uh, and the budget for 28 weeks later isn't that much more. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's double. So they had $15 million to work with on 28 weeks later. Hmm. Uh, the worldwide gross was $65 million. Um, so not... Still in the green, but not like... Yeah. But it... So, like, it's less... I don't even know that I would say it's less, less artsy because it just isn't... It's just a different tone and there's more... Whereas this movie, you feel fear and dread and tension the entire time. Yeah. 28 Weeks Later actually has a little bit more hope to it. Mm. Uh, and then there's like a whole weird thing with this girl that has two colored eyes and she's like immune. So like, there there's like a thing that people weren't happy about. Um, so it didn't receive as much like critical acclaim yeah acclaim like yeah. it just you know uh, it fell a little bit flatter than what 28 days later did hmm. yeah I don't really remember it very well so I'll just believe everything you said about it <laughs> <laughs> I know I watched it but I just I just don't remember oh yeah also wasn't directed by Danny Boyle isn't that a thing with like horror sequels though? Or written by Alex Garland. Well, that's why it's trash. I totally mean, trash is still extreme. Totally but... different. <laughs> so, but uh, this was my introduction to Cillian Murphy, who is someone I would later come to have a giant, huge man crush on. Mm, mm. Um, because he has, like, I, I love, so he plays uh, Scarecrow in Batman yeah. Begins and uh, The Dark Knight. Rises, Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Rises. Whatever, well, doesn't fuck matter. The third one. Uh, so he plays Scarecrow, and he just had he had this weird ramp up, and then just kind of like disappeared for a little bit, and then showed back up in Peaky Blinders. Mm. And I'm actually super excited. So this is the last season of Peaky Blinders, right, Nathan? So I'm actually super excited <clears throat> yep. for Peaky Blinders to be over, not because I hate the show, but because I want to see what he does next. Yeah. And like, he I just, he's a phenomenal actor and I love when he plays, I loved him as a bad guy mm-hmm. in Batman Begins. Yeah. Like he's so good in that fucking movie. Yeah. And like Christian Bell is a great actor and I, I don't, I think it's hard to upstage him. How he got upstaged in two out of three of the Batman movies, I don't quite understand. <laughs> well, I don't know either. Christian Bale is really good. It just shows that the casting was really good in those movies as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I'm assuming you're talking about the Joker. Yeah, I'm 100% not talking about Tom Hardy as Bane or What's-Her-Fuck as Ra's al Ghul's daughter. There was nothing wrong with the casting of either of those people. It was 100% no. the script. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't even hate Bane in the third one. Like, It's not Bane. 
It, it's not, but I don't hate it. My mo- all like of Bane. my problem with all of my problem with the third movie is Talia. Yeah, every bit of literally it. Not the, the script. Actress, the but... script is garbage for that movie. But anyway, yeah. <clears throat> Cillian Murphy, I yeah. agree. Totally awesome. Everything that I've seen him in, he's been great. Um, uh, the Naomi Harris, right? Yes, Naomi Harris. I, I really like her in this movie. I like her in everything else that I've seen her in, which is not a ton, but I've seen her in a couple other things. Uh, she is a she became a Bond girl. She plays Eve in Skyfall. Mm. That's not particularly what I was talking about because most of the Bond girls are just played for TNA. Yeah, and they don't even show TRA, so it's like yeah. it's real dumb. <sighs> Bond movies are I real have weird. To- disagree on which that they're only TNA no, 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 and the no. Daniel Craig most Bond most. girls yes just in general yes. not necessarily like cause like uh what's her fucking name in Casino Royale like yeah she's gorgeous Fuck. but she's also like has a very big part in that movie yeah like yeah. she's she's like a actual character and not just like somebody that he bangs and then dies in like five seconds. Right. Um so like yes, that is an exception to that not rule, but more often than not, this is how it goes. The sexist ideology of James Bond movies. Yeah. 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 Uh which, which Every and one I, of I don't remember. I don't, ones. Yeah, I don't remember this stuff in Skyfall, so I don't remember if she had like an actual part in that movie. Yeah, so in the Daniel Craig James Bond movies, um, like the Bond girl is actually like relevant mm. in in each of the movies. I mean, there's still like one offs, and because that's like a thing, right? Yeah. Well, the one, uh, what the fuck was the one I watched where they're just like running away for the last like thirty minutes of the movie because the whole place is blowing up and they're just trying to get out. Is that Skyfall? Every Bond movie. No. No. <laughs> um I I think that might be Skyfall. There's only Skyfall's three, right? weird. There's only three right now, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. So it would be Skyfall because it wasn't Spectre, because I don't think I've seen Spectre. Oh, okay. Spectre's good. It's got Mads Bickelson in it. I need to watch more of these. Bond He's the movies. Bond villain. How? What do you mean how? Or is he not Inspector? No, he's in Casino Royale. Oh, yeah, he, he is dies. And I was Royale. like, how the fuck is he alive? I mean, I don't, I'm not questioning it. I get, I am questioning it. But like, it's a it's, possible uh, thing. Is that Javier? Is that no, one? that's no, Skyfall. It's, oh, it's Christopher Waltz. Yes. Uh, oh, Christopher maybe Waltz. I have watched that because he's like his brother or some shit, right? Spoilers. Uh, I don't remember. What movie are we talking about? I didn't watch any Bond movies. Yeah, I know, right? We were trying to talk about people that were in this movie, and then we keep going on tangents about not <laughs> that's them again. In the movie following series. with what the show has done in the past. That's how you know it's a good movie. Yeah, when we don't talk about. Yeah, it. we have a hard time yeah. talking about the movie. Uh, uh, Gleason, I, I like Gleason uh, and everything else that he's in. He's really good in this too. Um, the daughter, I did not like the daughter in this. The daughter, I'm fucking offended. The daughter in this, all the way up until like, okay, so. All the way up until she takes the fucking, like, uh, Valium, she's acting like she's already on it, all right? And then, and then she just acts the same after she's taken it. So she, it's like... She, she's in a zombie apocalypse, bro. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. She just act. She acts like a zombie the whole time. She. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be like she's in shock or uh, some kind of dumb allegory or something, but I I do not. I okay. don't connect or enjoy gonna, it. I was going to talk about Naomi some more, but now we got to talk about her because this is some interesting things here. Um, so the reason that I enjoy her in this movie so much is because when she isn't talking, I feel like she's very uh, reflective of the situation and just trying to figure out what happens next. And then I think her acting is phenomenal after she loses her dad and during. Um, like, I just believe her. Like, I believe that it's actually happening. And it's very, it's very heart-wrenching when... Um, I don't remember her dad's name, but... When the dad... Frank. Frank. When Frank gets the blood drop in his eye. Hannah is the girl, and her name is Megan Burns. Yes. Has she done anything else? No. Well, two things. Yes. I mean, I see stuff in her filmography. She's in a movie called Liam in 2000, and then in uh, what I assume is an anthology horror series called Intruders uh, in 2018. But there's a reason that she isn't in movies. I'll get to that in a second. But I like her two parts. She has two really good parts. Like when they're on the balcony and... She basically is like, no, you need us just as much as we need you. Mm. And detracts from what her dad says uh, that makes them look weak. And then later, when she's pissing off the, sh- the, the military guy, makes me laugh a lot. And I really like that scene after she takes the volume and she goes on like her little tangent mm-hmm. um, about how he's probably dead already. And yeah. like, I fucking love both those scenes. Uh, but the reason she doesn't do a whole lot is because she is actually the uh, front lady of a goth pop band called Betty Curse. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to keep going with that. Uh, I, I was going to. Well, don't let us stop you now. Uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot else in this little piece for me to read about it. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Oh, uh, so, well, I still on. didn't like her. Time. Okay, so let's talk about something on this movie that's really badass. More silly Murphy talk. Okay, so like, as the movie progresses and you get to the antagonist of the military guys, and <clears throat> you find out that they're holding a infected military guy to find out how long they, uh, how long they'll live. Yeah, how long they take to starve, and then. uh you know, they pretty much uh, throw Cillian Murphy out because they want the women. Right. For breeding purposes. Because that's what happens in these movies. Cillian Murphy turns into a fucking badass. Yeah, he just loses his fucking shit. The whole movie, Serena is like... Selena. Selena. I always... The whole movie, Selena is like taking care of him. She's the badass. Yeah, Yeah. But then like... He goes into that, like, almost like Arnold and covered himself in mud, just super Mm -hmm. fucking badass, and he uses the infected to get in, 
to kill like the guy, and then he just like he's just like super badass. Yeah, like John Wick ain't got shit on me. I ain't got no guns, but still I'm a badass, and mm-hmm. I love that part of the movie completely. Yeah. So there's an interesting allegory that I see across the movie between the rage virus and what he turns into at the end of the movie because he is kind of like the softer guy throughout the whole movie and like he kills that kid in the gas station and there's a switch yeah and like at that point i think he is when he realizes fuck i have to be more to survive and then when he's first confronted by the situation with the other people i think there's a lot of thought going through his head that is like that i think we're supposed to interpret as you know okay well these aren't even zombies now these are people like what the fuck is going on and he just like he gets kicked out and you know he's he he almost gets shot Mm -hmm. and he escapes and then like from that point on like he's just fucking raging out and i there's a moment where he comes in and attacks that dude as he's like trying to as he's holding the gun to Selena's head and so Cillian Murphy hops in attacks that dude and she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. She's not sure if he's him or if he's, he's infected. infected right. because he is raging the fuck he out. He fucking thumbs the dude's eyes out. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes. Yeah. And he doesn't say anything. No. No words, just some grunts. Yeah, yeah. It's you know because he's just like he, and you know he likes Selena. Yeah, this is his girl at this point. Like he wants to save her and spend the rest of the apocalypse together. Yep. And you know they sort of made a promise to Hannah, not really, but or Hannah's dad, but like to take care of her. Right. And you know, so he has to come in and save the day. Right good shit man it's no, it was brutal. completely good shit like the movie's got everything you need in a movie mm-hmm. and could it have been better maybe but i think that's what that's what adds to the movie that's what makes it special is the fact that it was low budget and they did like extremely well for what it was yeah i think giving them 10 million more dollars would have ruined it yeah personally i, do I, don't, I don't think they that it you would have gotten the same movie out of it no. I, the only way I think this movie would be better is if it was in black and white. Well, that would be dope. Yeah, I would rewatch this in black and white. Let's we go should fuck watch with the Logan. colors on the TV in black and white. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it in color. I should have watched it in black and white. I mean, I have it. We should probably watch that at some point. Yeah. <clears throat> all right well do we guys want to rate this then uh we don't have dave so we don't have a chips corner uh chip dave chip trivia corner whatever wherever all those fucking crusty socks are <laughs> um, uh side note before we wrap i no, was gonna I mean, say naomi say harris is also known for playing tia which i feel like i'm pronouncing wrong uh from pirates of the caribbean hmm yeah, she plays the witch doctor. Yeah, you showed me that, and I was like, I was see it, that fucking sh- screenshot all the time. Wasn't that Davy Jones's love interest? Yes, yes, and also Captain Barbosa's. God, those yeah. movies are so good. 
They really are. I think they got overshadowed a lot by just like, and I don't even want to say Johnny Depp because Johnny Depp's so fucking good in those. I think like it's weird Maybe. to me how they died off. Like, yeah, not, because they made four, and four wasn't like they made a trilogy, and like as far as I remember, the trilogy is mostly good. The third part has some problems, but which one's the third part? Is it at World's End? Yeah, at World's End with like the meeting of I've the pirates. I've only really watched one and two. Four is weird because you have the whole trilogy and then four is like a side story, like a one-off, mm. which which is what I liked about it. It's just kind of weird, like... Yeah. So... I don't know. I just watched the first one. I've probably seen the second or third one, but I don't remember. Um, I thought the first one was really good. But anyway... Let's. Uh, I'm gonna rate this. I'm gonna give uh, 28 days later. I'm gonna give it, give it a nine. Um, like we said, it, it could be better, but I don't. It, not a lot, and I feel like the uh, the the things that I don't like about it were partially because of budget, and giving them a higher budget would have ruined the movie. So it's still getting a really high score. I'm gonna give it a nine. Russell, what do you got? There's a whole fifth Pirates movie that I haven't seen that has Javier Bardem as Captain Salazar. Yeah. And like, I'm going to watch that this weekend. Salazar Slytherin? Oh my God, did they interlink him with the Harry Potter movies? You fucking pothead. Because <laughs> you like Harry Potter, not because you're a weed person. I don't mind the Harry Potter movies. Like, I read the books because I wanted to see how close they were to the movies. I like the last four Harry Potter movies because it's more about growing up, less about childish adventures. I absolutely agree. But, like, I watched them in order. I don't know. I I don't want to talk about this. What movie was I rating? 28 Days Later, motherfucker. This is one of my favorite movies. Um, This is the... I fucking uh, quit. this This is my Blade Runner of horror movies. Um, and I'm going to give a, a nine point nine. I don't, I wouldn't, like I said, the only thing I want to watch this movie in black and white. Uh, so when you guys have to watch everything for the rest of the week in black and white, because I fucked up the colors on the TV, I'm sorry. Uh, but Nathan's <laughs> literally about to jump across this table and beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh no this tv out of this deal this movie the legit this is one of my top five favorite movies um it just it, it's a 9.9 it's a 9.9 okay <laughs> i just love it like you just gotta watch it like if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it watch this motherfucking movie right now Listen to Nathan's rating first, because it's probably going to be great. Yeah, Nathan, what do you got yeah. for us? I rate movies so greatly. Never. Uh, it was okay. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just fucking around. I said Blade Runner and fucked up the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> really, as soon as you said it was like, it's like Blade Runner, and I'm like, well, fuck, I hate this movie. And yeah, I didn't want to hate this movie. I got one for you. Hmm. It's like a warm Pepsi after being in a 28-day coma. Oh, God. I don't know how he did it. And then he asked for, like, what was it, like a, a tango? 
Tango. I'm assuming what, it's like a Fanta. Yes, yes. Well, they, there's a can of it next to... Because uh, yeah. the whole time he's getting Pepsi and then that green can. And I was like, why is he not getting that black and orange one? That looks way better. Yeah. Because orange soda hot is better than Pepsi hot. Yeah. Well, you have to drink the hot Pepsi because that's where the $8 million budget came from. Yeah. That's probably accurate. Yeah. No fingers on the name. You gotta make sure you see it the whole time you're drinking it. Uh but anyways, um no, I really love this movie. Um when I first watched it, I didn't like you know, the front cover it's like is you see like the the plague like ma- not like a plague mask. That's the not biohazard like symbol. They have that biohazard mask with the symbol, like, mm. you know, and I was like, Oh my god, and then you like from the from watching like the trailer, you're like, this is a zombie movie. I still stand that it's not, uh, but like, that's my own thing. I get why it's zombie. Like, you know, it's, it's basically just like a very serious, rough world to live in version of contagion or outbreak. Like, I would put it in the category of those, but it's zombie-esque, too. It's, it's I don't know, there's a thin line there, in my opinion. Um, you should watch it, though. Absolutely watch it. I, it didn't age the best, like, but I mean, it was made with $8 million. Yeah. It's better than the sequel. Yeah. And the sequel had money put in it because, you know, they had to afford uh, Jeremy Rayner. Mm. So, Watch it, absolutely, and you'll love it because it's fantastic. Jeremy Rayner was the whole other $7 million. Yes. <laughs> I don't think he was in 2007. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Uh, why did I... Uh, I don't know. Why'd you... Uh, I was going to say something. I'm not with it today, bros. Yeah, wow. Did we get any emails, by the way, that aren't spam? Uh, we can reduce fee on credit debit card transactions. No, okay, cool. But you said not spam. Yeah, not gotta, spam. If you say not spam, though, I don't have anything to read. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of DQB Does, where we went over 28 days later. What are we doing next week, Russell? Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead, all right. Well, we'll catch you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I don't know, something. Quote. Get away from me. Get away from me. <laughs> that good? That'll work.
This has been a production of the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network.